We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. That I, I'm on screen for a little bit. Uh, today is basically the six-month mark of the Russian invasion into Ukraine. Uh, we're expecting about $3 billion more uh, in some form of aid from the U.S., to Ukraine. I have a ton of questions. And of course, the person we always go to here on Brian and Company is Professor Matthew Schmidt from the University of New Haven. Professor, how are you today? I'm all right. Good morning. Morning. Uh, There's a lot of questions I have going on. But generally, I want to start generally just for people listening, like, where are we in the conflict right now? Well, we are in the 3108th day, more or less, since Russia started its war against Ukraine in 2014. Do you go back to the Crimea incursion? I go back to Donbass before Crimea. Absolutely. And in terms of... I think if you celebrate this as the six-month anniversary of the invasion this year, then it's hard to understand that this is not about NATO, which is what we said back then, that this is instead about a a kind of racial chauvinism that the Russians have and the intent to, to basically obliterate uh, a people, right? To deny that Ukrainians exist separately from Russians, that they have their own language, that they have their own culture, and to control their own destiny. That's why I keep telling people today it's the 3,108th day since the start of the war. It's been that long, at least. So in terms of the conflict, where is it trending? Because I saw that Ukraine was taking a little bit of the fight to Russia in the Donbass. But, I mean, generally speaking, you know, you you read enough about it. I mean, does Ukraine have any chance to, quote, unquote, I mean, there are no winners here. But, I mean, is there any, is there any chance for them to to be able to push Russia out? They could, right? A lot of this depends on Russian missteps. But then again, the Russians have been misstepping uh, you know, the entire time. Uh, what you see right now is that the, the Russians are are trying to get together enough manpower, right? Enough manpower that's combat effective, which means training. Um, they've lost, you know, 20, possibly 30,000 men dead, two or three times that uh, injured. So you're looking at something like 90,000 total casualties. You have to remember that they started the war with 200,000. That's enormous. Now, they, now the Ukrainians are losing, are looking at thirty to forty thousand casualties, and they started the war with a lot less. Um, but the Russians can't find enough people right now to put together any kind of sustained offense, and so they're going on the defensive. They're digging in. They're trying to hold on to what they have because it's easier to do, and you need less men to do it. And the Ukrainians are poised to start taking back some territory, especially in the south, in Kherson, um, you know, which is sort of the, the the eastern uh the eastern gateway to to Odessa. So I have so many questions here. I want to rifle through them, but you said it's hard difficult for Russia to get um soldiers, but what about Ukraine? We know there was 4 or 5 million plus who just left the country and who's left and how are they able to organize and how are they able to add to their forces? So it is hard for them to bring people up and to be honest, we haven't heard straight numbers. So you're getting numbers that are anywhere from 500,000 to 800,000 to a million men 
that are flowing into the Ukrainian armed forces. Now, this is including the sort of slot together territorial defense units, although, um, you know, everybody's able to participate and work in the background while you have, you know, more trained people on the front lines. In addition to that, you have uh, something like the, the, the UK and others are trying to put through about uh, 10 to 15,000 Ukrainians through training a month uh, when they pull them out of the country. So that's been going on now for a little over a month. And so the, the short answer is, it's more than we think, but we don't really know. But it seems like they're going to have enough to start pushing at least in, in these spots in the South. We're talking with Professor Matthew Schmidt from the University of New Haven, political science and really an expert on this region. The, there's a whole bunch of questions now about Russia. Now, from the stuff I've read, it seems like the Russian populace is, is now way more constructive on, on the war, and maybe that's just misinformation. And then I had Professor Jeffrey Sonnefeld from Yale on. He made the argument that sanctions are working, just, you know, Putin finds a way to mask it. I can't tell what the truth is about, you know, some people thought with the sanctions would be some sort of public uprising in Russia, and that certainly hasn't happened. The public uprising hasn't happened, but if you look at the assassination of Daria Dugana, um, the other day, what you see is that the only group that's claimed credit is this, this group we don't know anything about again, the, the National Republican Army. Um, but if it's true that they did this, then what Putin is facing is an armed resistance, right? And this is the first shot um, in that resistance. And, you know, frankly, there's reason to believe that it might be true. Um, it's as good as it's as good a reason, and it makes more sense than any of the other, uh, you know, theories for who did this. And as far as the as far as the, the sanctions go, the professor is right. Right, the, Yale was the one who did the study of the sanctions, and what they're showing is is that Putin is masking it right now, and it's starting to hit very hard, and it will start to bite uh, the further we go. Because what what you do with sanctions is you substitute the things that you are being denied with other lesser quality goods, but eventually you run out of those too, and we're moving into that stage right now where the Russian population. Um, does not have consumer goods available, and the Russian military doesn't have access to the parts it needs to, to fix its equipment, so it's dipping into its supplies of Soviet-era stuff. I've seen intermittent stories of, of Vladimir Zelensky firing an ambassador or you know, getting rid of certain people in the government. Are there, are there a lot of sort of Russian-friendly folks in the Ukraine government, and is that a major problem in terms of staffing this resistance with people who are loyal to Ukraine? I think it has been. I think he's basically clearing it out. The short answer is, is Ukraine was one of the most corrupt countries in the world when we started the war. If you look at Transparency International's rankings, um, they're doing a lot better, and they've, they've been working to do better. That was, that was a big part of Zelensky's uh, campaign for president. But this is an issue, right? They've had a lot of people who have been bought off by the Russians for many years um, inside their system. But I think that they're starting to, in large part, I think, with Western intelligence to, uh, you know, root these people out. We're talking with Professor Matthew Schmidt here from the University of New Haven, talking about Ukraine and all the elements around, around the conflict. You know, when it comes to, the, you know, the situation on the ground and, and Wait, wait, I'm trying to I've sort of lost my my place here for a second. In terms of the money, you know, that's going over from the U.S., and then you start to hear, um, I saw the story yesterday about how, you know, other places of need in the world are not getting what they need because so much of the international money that would go to them is going to Ukraine. Do you do you foresee, and in the U.S. there's been some arguments of why are we sending all this money to Ukraine when we need the money for other things here? 
Do you do you see sentiment any sentiment shift in terms of the global support of the conflict? I don't think so yet. Um, I think you face that as we go into the winter, and you're looking at oil and gas uh, crunches, especially in Europe. Uh, if if, if they're, what they're doing to sort of replace that doesn't doesn't pan out as quickly, I think you do see this uh, you know this complaint in other parts of the world where uh, you know the USA isn't going to. Uh, in, well, you know what? It's not true. USAID is going to the rest of the world in the same amount that it has been going. Um, so it's not true that the $3 billion is taking it away. That might be true for other countries. I don't know. But, you know, as far as the U.S. is concerned, look, we're a country that, that was supported by the French in order to seek our, our revolution, right, and our independence. And it's always been a part of American foreign policy that the more democracies there are, the safer we are. So it's an investment in that as much as anything else. And at the same time, as, as Secretary Austin has said, the, the defense secretary, you know, our goal now is to degrade the Russian military. So no matter what happens in this war, the Russian military is left a hell of a lot weaker than it was at the start. So that money is paying for, you know, for a lot of things that are in our interest. You know, I just really quickly, we only have less than a minute, but, you know, the one thing that Russia has is nuclear weapons. And if, if it's a desperate situation, would Putin act that desperately? It's a non-trivial possibility, but it's a low possibility. He's not an irrational person. It's a mistake to think of him that way. He has a logic. We just don't agree with it. And even according to that logic, going to nuclear weapons has more downsides for him than upsides. It's a possibility, but I think it's something we shouldn't lose sleep over yet. All right. Professor, wow. We got it all in there. Every single one. (laughs) Is there anything we missed that people should know about? Um, this is Ukrainian Independence Day. I don't know that we said that at the start, but um, uh, whatever, wherever we're at in the war, this is this is where 31 years ago um, they declared independence from the Soviet Union and led the way for other um, Soviet states to do so. All right, thank you, Professor. Have a great day. Take care, Brian. All right, Professor Matthew Smith from the University of New Haven, who's been so crucial for us to get real answers uh, about the conflict between Russia and Ukraine. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.